everybody out there in Star Wars, it's time for another Star Wars All In. The show that goes all in to the characters, places, things, and stuff from the galaxy far, far away. I am here with my fellow Batuian journeyer, Ross. Mac, great to be here today. Mm -hmm. Great to be here in front of none of these people, in front of our not live studio audience, talking about Star Wars. Oh yeah, no. Uh, we're in a good place in Star Wars. There's a lot happening. I just came from off world. Mm-hmm. I just returned from my travels mm-hmm. in Batu, and I, I I requested that we talk about a few things yeah. that are relevant I'm to re- that trip. Really, really glad you didn't run into any hyperspace issues on your way there or back. Well, you know what? Ever since uh, that whole incident, maybe 200 years back, they've really worked hard to make the hyperspace lanes mm-hmm. the safest they've ever. We been. know much more now about it than we ever did before. It's you know we you know it was a crisis. But it got us to a place where we can mm-hmm. build even mm-hmm. better things now. And we were able to get all this oil. We just, like, invaded all these places, and it just really worked out. Who well, knew? when the Empire took over, they got very efficient with all of the resources thanks to the hyperspace lanes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Their control, their very powerful control of the hyperspace lanes is just making sure that everyone who's Imperial prospers. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Bringing freedom to the galaxy. But you know what else goes down those hyperspace lanes? Citizens. Citizens who just want to see the galaxy. They do. They just want to get out there and explore their own little bit of futuristic happiness. And that's why you would take the Star Tours, which is going to be our first topic. We're going to talk about Mm -hmm. these wonderful adventures you can take on the intergalactic space bus. (laughs) And then we're going to crack open a cold Coca-Cola right off of the streets of Batuu. Absolutely. The in-canon soda of choice for those among the stars. And last but not least, we're going to talk about the fact that you might have to hide some of that contraband because you don't want the 709th Legion, the First Order's elite troops, hassling you while you're over there in Blackspire. You sure do not. I hear they are not very friendly. So Star Tours, Coca-Cola, and the 709th Legion is going to be coming at you right now, and it's going to be a really really good show right after this Captain Rex from the cockpit. I know this is probably your first flight, and it's mine too. Well, it looks like we're going to have a smooth flight to Endor, so I'll go ahead and open the cockpit shield. Hello there! I see they're loading our navigator R2-D2, and then we'll be on our way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the flight. Star Tours 45, elevator platform has been activated. Commence final pre-launch sequence. Roger control, all status go. ST-45, you are cleared for takeoff. Contact departure control at 120.4. Copy, 120.4. 45, you're going the wrong way. Stop immediately. Shortcut. <laughs> R2, light speed to 
for decades. If you go to just the right port in the galaxy, you too can take a tour amongst the stars. Ooh. And today, we are here with a traveler who just recently returned from across the stars. I did technically, in theory, take this tour <laughs> to a galaxy far, far away. You sure did. Mac just returned from the world of Batu, and while he was there, he took a little detour on Star Tours. Star Tours! And so today, we're going to talk a little bit about the history of Star Tours, our experiences with Star Tours, and what you'll see today. If you travel to Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Tokyo, Disney Paris, and oh fly. Yeah, it's like in all of them, yeah. On the Star Tours. It is, isn't it? Isn't that fun? That is fun. Yeah, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about, so let's do it. So if you haven't had a chance to visit uh, one of the many Disney uh, amusement yeah. parks, <laughs> properties, yeah, uh, institutions, whatever you want to call it, uh, you may have never been on Star Tours. Now, Star Tours is... Not only a Star Wars ride at Disney mm-hmm. World, not only the first Star Wars ride at Disney World, not only the first attraction based on a non-Disney movie ever put into Disney World. Oh, I didn't know that. Isn't yeah. that wild? Yeah. yeah. In 1987, Star Tours was opened. Not only, you know, a little bit after the Star Wars craze, by this point, Star Wars collecting had kind of died down. It had sort of left mainstream media, you know, Return of the Jedi yeah. comes out in 83. And by 85, you know, Star Wars collecting was at an all-time low. Star Wars fandom, you know, TV shows were done. The, there, were, there was no more we, Ewok films. There was no more droids cartoon. And there's a lot of things that haven't started up that will sort of bring it back. I mean, yeah. for the longest time, it seems trivial now because it's like, oh, Star Wars wasn't around for like, geez, seven years. <laughs> it just it seems trivial. But like as a kid who grew up and then I, I, I think last year I recorded one of my solo podcasts was talking about growing up in the dark times is like the yeah, Star Wars is over. They made the last movie and we're done with Star Wars. There's no more Star Wars to make. Star Wars is over. The Not, not that it was a fad. It's just. It had its time, and now yeah. we're on to new stuff. Yeah, and it's Indiana not Indiana Jones. So, we're on to Indiana Jones. Uh but even that, yeah, like, right? Was, that yeah. that even not even hit its third movie yet. Um, that's that's like a hey, we should go back to Indiana. And it's not going to be the 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 fulcrum that most people point to is um, the publication of Hair to the Empire is where Star Wars gets going again. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when LucasArts starts making Star Wars video games in a meaningful way again. Yeah. That's when Hasbro goes, hey, some of the Star Wars stuff is out. We we can make Star Wars stuff. And but they'll spin up to all that. If you were watching this unfold, if you were there in 1987, if you were watching yeah. Disney talk about what was to come with Star Tours, you know, you would not be surprised to learn maybe that Star Wars still had a fanatical following yep. because thousands of people flocked to this when it opened. But let's talk a little bit about how they developed it. The first okay. Star Tours opened up in Disneyland, not MGM Studios, which is where I experienced it as a child. And the only place I've experienced it as well. Yep. Okay. So this is a little bit of an interesting situation for Disney because it was a long development process. It was something mm-hmm. that was different than any ride that they before. They had to develop a whole new system like they've done on many of their attractions. You know, they have to build it from scratch. Yeah. They're coming up with the technology. They're pioneering it. But with Star Tours, they not only had to, you know, make a ride, but they had to make it fit in a universe that already existed. And one, like you said, that they don't own they have to play nice with another company in a way that they haven't 
Yeah, absolutely. So they've got to not only corroborate with the Imagineers, but with Lucasfilm as well. They've got to get the designs and the props and the ideas and have George Lucas sign off on it. They don't have full reign. And I think there's some good ditties on this in like the Imagineering um, Mm -hmm. miniseries and stuff like that. And as far as I know, I don't know if this was the first, but it was close to the first of these motion theater rides. These these rooms that have a theater screen that are moving on gimbals to allow three dimensional access. And this is stuff they developed from like fighter pilot simulators and mm-hmm. aircraft simulation stuff. And it, if, again, if it was not the first, it was definitely the most yeah. impressive use and yeah. popularization of the technology. Yeah. They, they bought the technology directly, f- you know, from simulator tech and yeah. adjusted it to this. Uh, and you're right. There is, it's episode three of the Imagineering story. Actually, there, there's a good bit of, of star tours content in there for sure. Um, so, this became a big deal for Disney. This is yeah. something they were hyping up. They had trailers for it, you know, playing on TV. They had press conferences. And when the time come came to launch the ride, <laughs> they had a full spectacular planned. Not only was George there in person, but they had Luke, Han, Leia, some droids, Vader. And, of course, you know, these were the uh, Disney versions, you know, the park actors, just like you'll have the princesses and the characters and whatnot, in a live stage show. There was music, there was dancing, there was choreography, there was action, there was heartbreak, everything you could want from some Star Wars, right? And then at the end, you have have Mickey cutting the ribbon with a lightsaber. It's so cool. (laughs) It is. It's good. I was wondering, you know, watching video footage of this, I was wondering what was going on with Mickey and Minnie. They have like these rainbow outfits on. So you see that? Yeah. So I think that was at the time, I wouldn't be surprised. I think those might have been borrowed from stuff they were doing over at Epcot. Because mm. Epcot had a lot of that like multicolor mm-hmm. sort of 80s rainbow. Yeah. Um, where it's it's not your normal rainbow. It's like yellow and orangey brown and uh, kind of lime green. And do we need other colors? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was it was interesting. I was curious about that, but I didn't find out anything more about it. They might have been specially made for that because one of the big things about it was it was built into Tomorrowland and it was one of the biggest kind of rehabilitational things for Tomorrowland that had happened in a mm-hmm. long time. Because Tomorrowland has always been Disney's little like Achilles heel because they wanted yeah. to look like tomorrow, but tomorrow's always further away. Yeah. And so Tomorrowland, I think, has got the most makeovers on Disney properties. In fact, it replaced Adventure to Inner Space in Disneyland. Oh, it did. Yeah. That's right. Because there's a there's a reference in the movie about it um, where I can't remember what it is. I think it's like the snowflake because journey into my, the microverse is like you are going through a microscope down into the submolecular level and learning how mm-hmm. far you can go and then you come back out and you're going into a snowflake is the whole thing and i think that snowflake is in both hmm. versions of star tours something yeah i know i didn't see that in my Actually, research star wars the adventure continues which we'll get to the update i know the microscope itself is actually it's in the hangar bay in uh and i think you see it technically in every run of that just because it's always the opening scene okay very cool uh so we have this big live show this spectacular and star tours is launched the entire (laughs) crowd who was there got this really cool like travelers pamphlet like a like a vacation pamphlet type of thing that you get at a travel agency it was the start of what we are seeing at galaxy's edge it was the like 
you're going on a tour. You are going to get on yes. this space bus yes. and it's going to take you to the galaxy far, far away. And you're going to see great sites. Like maybe you'll visit Alderaan. Maybe you'll visit like, you know, these nice planets. Or maybe not. Or maybe not. Maybe you'll not visit happen. all the places a gorilla uh, camp would set up when they're running from a tyrannical <laughs> government. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. They're not you, the most populated you, areas. You might have to rough it a little bit. But, <laughs> but like you said, that there's this whole just... Star Tours is meant to be in universe. It is meant to be a mm-hmm. travel mm-hmm. Um, service, like a shuttle service, mm-hmm. essentially, for galactic citizens. Yeah. And, and like most it. airfare, it is run poorly. So that's why the lines were four hours when it first opened up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hey, when you have that many passengers clamoring to get on, what can you do? And they have to get on because there's at least a seven-minute show they need to see. <laughs> that's That's right. They've got places to be. Now... Not only were people in line for hours on end to ride this when it first opened, the park was kept open for 60 straight hours to accommodate the traffic. Isn't that wild? Yeah. That didn't seem real to me. And so I checked like three different like sources. Yeah. Like three different people's like memories of it and like written in video and like watched a bunch of you. And apparently that was the thing. Can you believe like that just seems crazy. Doesn't it? I can believe it because I'm like, I've met the people who would have been there for that. Yeah. Because they're the people that stood in, st- sat in line at Celebration <laughs> to get into the main hall, yeah. like before the yeah. lottery system. Like those wonderful human beings are like, yeah, no, I'm fine with sleeping the night on this hard concrete floor because I might get yeah. in a little earlier. Uh, if I was going there for that, which, you know, even in 19, you would know, like you wouldn't just show up randomly on a day at NGM and be like, why are there so many people here? <laughs> What's with this line? I thought I could just walk on. So I would definitely be on board for it that day. But like, man, if I was just there on a random day, I would be so pissed off. Yeah. So like May of 1987, you're like, this is OK. September of 87. What the hell? I, <laughs> yeah. I This isn't OK now. Yeah. Oh, see, I was thinking like just by hour 48, okay. the park has been open all the employees are like, there's someone dead in the gutter oh, on yeah. Main Street. You just like, see like like hour four, 48 where someone's coming in for their third shift of this. Of like, <laughs> hello, welcome to the Star Wars. Happiest place on earth. Oh, man, you Ooh. guys are all still here, huh? And, and <laughs> Yep, you smell like you have been here the whole time. That's um, good for you. This is your oh, 14th riding this. Do you have a home? <laughs> you... <laughs> Um, uh, but, but look, yeah. like we said, the technology was revolutionary at the time. And I think the most important thing was much like Star Trek when it was off the air, like Star Wars never died. It's just, there wasn't marketing, there wasn't projects and all that kind of stuff. So people wanted to get into the Star Wars universe. And this was the first bite at the apple of new Star Wars content. They filmed an entire Star Wars mini movie in a yeah. way that like, they, they got the band back together in, in the sense of like at least ILM like was filling all kinds of new effects shots because George Lucas was very hands on because he, he saw it as a a new way to sort of remonetize mm-hmm. his properties of like, hey, we could take what I've already like unearthed and this technology is exciting. Mm-hmm. We've never had a movie that's like synced to all these movements and stuff. And, oh, this is great. We'll we'll we'll. We'll use new technology. And my kids at ILM, I'm always whipping them to make new technology so that they can then sell it back to Hollywood. <laughs> um, yeah. Because he, 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 he's a technophile. He likes the idea mm-hmm. of all this new stuff. Yeah. And also, not only that, a chance to be in Tomorrow World. Yeah. You know, something that he, he uh, an area of the park he personally liked and was interested in. Yep. And you have a way to combine storytelling with a ride. 
Yeah. Which is something that he was also interested in, right? So you have this sort of different experience than not only Disney had provided before, but a different experience than Star Wars had been in before. So really kind of a perfect mesh of two, um, well, let's just say cohesive properties. Yeah. And then uh, you, you know, add a little Paul Rubens in there and, and you're ready to go. A little dash of Rubens and you're good. And it's the start of a 28 year courtship until Disney takes uh, over all a, this a stuff. 28 year first day for RX. So let's talk so, about yeah. the ride experience now. So we are mentioning here Paul Rubens, the voice and actor of Pee Wee Herman, plays the uh, initial driver, pilot, captain, whatever you want to call captain him. Captain Rex. He's captain. captain. Well, captain, that is the appropriate, right? But there are other Captain Rexes out there now, so we don't want to get too confusing. Well, I'm pretty sure that that Captain Rex is named after that other Captain Rex. <laughs> Who's named after that other Captain Rex? Well, that's what I mean. Is like I believe like that is all in... T- like, R3X is all about like connecting to all of that. And... and and just to set the stage, because I was, I was a child then, and you you weren't here yet. Um, in '87, like Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse was a gargantuan pop culture machine because it had been very very popular. There weren't that many episodes, but they were running in syndication very very well. Uh, Paul Rubens was kind of at the height of his career and popularity. Like the character of Pee Wee Herman spawns like three movies, like very, very popular and had a unique kind of thing that I think only stuff in our age group, things like SpongeBob and Adventure Time have where it is for kids, but there's a lot of adults watching it for different reasons. They're getting different jokes Mm -hmm, and humors out of it. So mm -hmm. just a universally very popular character. And they ask him to like, hey, you know. Uh, Disney's like, hey, can you be in Flight of the Navigator and this for us? Uh, and he's like, I mean, yeah, I like money, sure. Now, can you give me ten seconds of Paul Rubens? Uh, no, can I you, do not have you, the can energy. Can you do a Pee Wee? Uh, no, because you it uh, everything from Pee Wee <laughs> starts with a ha ha. Like, yeah, and exactly. I'm not very good at summoning yeah. that at, at will. Yeah, but yeah, he has a very like. St- stuttery stoppy Weird kind that of him and of, mickey both have some of the same affectations right they, they kind of do yeah because Pee Wee herman's just the ha hey hey everybody welcome to star tours i'm so happy to have you here now i'm becoming kermit uh, also similar voice characterizations can you make a squeaky yeah. voice but the thing with him is like again very stutter stop like hey we're gonna go to space or, or are we i think we are yeah like just very like Rex is a very confused character on top of the Pee Wee Herman like characterization, which Pee Wee Herman is a character he created for stand up. So like that's not necessarily who Paul Rubens is as a person, which I'm sure personally vexes the hell out of him. Um, <laughs> so You're anyway, right. super popular and and arguably the star of the show, because that would be something kids would greatly respond to. This is the Jar Jar Binks of its era in the sense of like, we did something for the kids that the adults might not understand, but it passed because we all like droids. Droids are funny. Who doesn't love a good droid? So the whole thing is you are going into this long queuing system Mm -hmm. that eventually gets you into in classic Disney sense of your internal queue. And now you look like you're in the garbage handling or not garbage, the luggage handling and the like platforms to get to your gate to catch your <laughs> yes. star speeder. Yes. You're, in, you're in the lounge. Yes. You're, you're in the, you're, you're walking through the airport. You're going through security. You're waiting in the standby lounge. You're just waiting to travel the galaxy and to have a little adventure on your journey and, from point A to point B. And like the planes at the gate, you have the nice thing of you see the vehicle you're going to ride. You see the 
outside yes. of your ship, which is really important because it's what helps you look at it because it looks like a motion simulator that has wings so that you think it does it does it's like there's it's fun because the way they simulate it is like you walk through there's like this wall that has doors that is made to look like the outside of the ship and so you sort of step through it like you're and you're stepping into the ship but it's its own separate room like there it's hard to explain right like how do you so you see this outside, yeah. and that's stirring your brain of what it is. There's yeah. all these screens that have departures and arrivals yeah. for tattooing, all this kind of stuff. And once you get to the final like entry of the ride queue, the the people are dressed up like flight attendants and going like, oh, we're so happy. To, your, your ship is coming to the gate yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. And then the doors swing open. And not unlike a gate, like a jetway, you kind of walk through this hallway into the three or four doors to get into the different rows yeah. of the seat. And you take your seat. And it all has the illusion of, well, I know what the outside of this looks like, so it's not that hard for me to imagine that I am stepping into a star speeder. Yes, yes, yes. So they basically show it to you without showing it to you. It's like they show you the trick so you don't actually see the magic happening. It's this neat little... Because these are are black-painted boxes standing on this gimbal struts, and it's in a basically vacuum because it is kind of like a jetway because once they close the doors and you get your seatbelt on... Those jetways pull away because the vehicle needs room to rock to side to side. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. And I mean, getting on to that ride, let's talk about where the ride started, like what you saw if you were riding on that. First, sure. You waited in line four hours. What did you see <laughs> that first day? All right. So you're you you're it's Rex's first day. It's your pilot's first day. And he's just trying to do a good job. He's trying to show you a good time, right? He's hey, up there at the I'm, front. Yeah, I'm programmed to do this, and I think you're going to have a good time. But, oh, this is my first day, so bear with me. He had a lot of first days. I feel bad for him. His first so, day lasted, <laughs> what do we say? No, it's, so tw- 1987 tw- to 2011. So, yeah. 13 plus 11 is 24 years. That's a Give long first day. Give or take. It, yeah. Especially when your first first day is 60 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you travel through a junkyard, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where you see some of those Easter eggs you were talking about yes. as well. And then you go through these sort of ice chunks, these ice steroids, these like like the asteroid field in episode five, but these big, almost like um, they kind of look like the space station, the skyhook and shadows of the empire. Yes. Sort of these big like ice crosses floating through the sky. And I think, like I said, I think that's where the snowflake from journey into mm, the, the microverse or whatever. Interesting. From, okay. In space. And then you you uh, end up, you see a Star Destroyer, you're taken in by a tractor beam. Oh, no! <laughs> and then as you fall out of the grip of the Star Destroyer, you fall into the trench run of a Death Star. Yes. Now, part of the joke about all of this is this whole thing is supposed to be taking place after Return of the Jedi, but you've got a Death Star, you've got the Empire still here. So, you know, the... The, the, the cannon's the, a little Yeah, shaky. this is kind of a different era. Well, it's also great because, like, you have <laughs> other characters. So, just to... Just to frame it yeah you sit in a theater it's a small theater it's like three rows of like 12 seats a piece or whatever it's not a lot of people in the ride and in front of you is this giant wide screen like movie and to one side to the left i think it was you have rex as an audio animatronic droid who swings back to talk to you and then swings back to like talk to people on the radio and look out the viewport um and He's talking to like expert, like, what are you doing, Rex? This is a combat zone. Star Tours, you need to get out of here. He's like, I'm trying. Like, <laughs> it's just so like 
madcap. He's just Mr. Magooing his way <laughs> <Yeah>. through Star Wars. <laughs> but he's trying his best. He's trying his best. Um, and, and then you get through the trench run. You're part of that. Yeah. It all explodes. You try to escape and you're like, okay, I think we made it. And then you sort of like land finger quotes <laughs> inside <laughs> one of the, the rebel support ships. And they're like, Hey, I don't know if I got you to your destination, but I got you here in one piece, huh? Uh, Thumbs up all around. <laughs> and that last little thrill as you, you like crash land into the ship, almost running into a fuel tanker. Classic Hollywood move. But you move. don't. And that's very important it, for Rex to remember. very important for the insurance brokers. And then the little shutter closes. Yeah. Rex goes back to his consoles like he's working, which is why you can't talk to him after the show. <laughs> and then you leave through an opposite set of doors of when you arrive yeah. so that you can load the next group behind you. Yes. It is uh incredibly big part of my Star Wars fandom childhood, this ride. And... It is something that uh, I look forward to every time I go to Disney World. Yeah. And you so, know, it's something that's still there to this day. And like you said, and it, it, it's evolved. So in 89, uh -huh. they bring a copy of it to MGM Studios when yep. they open that opening day. And so people on the East Coast who are going to Disney World can catch it. And that one's, I think, more impressive because there's a giant AT, at outside of it. And a speeder bike. And a speeder bike. Well, it had. Uh -huh. Uh, I I looked and looked. I don't think the speeder bike is there, that's which sad. I understand. Even in COVID, they wouldn't let you sit on it anyway. Yeah, that's sad. Um, I don't know if you could ever sit also, remember. Also, that ATAT -AT looks small when you see the one that's in Rise of Resistance. <laughs> oh, I bet. Um, I bet. But I fully they also, that. I had the joy of when I first rode Star Tours, which was in 2017, mm -hmm. they also have a stage show outside that's at like Jedi Academy. Which is great because they get kids. They, they do. They, Wait, yeah. did you say first road Star Wars? Tw Star, Star Tours? Wars? Yeah. 2017, that was the first time you got to ride it. Uh, I went to to Disneyland, but just Magic Kingdom when I was really little in 89. Yeah. Okay. Which my mom is a very clever woman because she sent us to Magic Kingdom on, as far as I can tell, the opening weekend of MGM Studios. Ah. <laughs> which, brilliant because... Who's going to the Magic Kingdom on the opening of the new park? Yeah. Good call, Mom. Uh, but because of that, I, I didn't ride anything Star Wars. I probably couldn't. I might not have been able to ride, yeah, ride by interesting. height. And then I didn't go back to a Disney property until 2017. I don't think I knew this. Oh, yeah. That's the first time I, I went this. back. Yeah. So for me, I have watched ride-alongs for Rex's yeah. original journey. But for me, like Star Tours is what it is now because in 2011 – uh, Lucasfilm repartnered with Disney to essentially update the ride because it was yes. It's it, three movies had come out. Yes. They were starting. They were they were pre-production yes. on a new animated show. You know, and that was actually that was coming that was, out hey, already. It would have been out. I'm sorry, that came out in 2008. So they're on pre-production yeah. for the next animated show after that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, because Dave Filoni was at the opening. That's the right. reopening in 2011 in MGM. And so their whole idea was they or wanted maybe, to yeah, they wanted remember. to update it, and there was like. Three things they wanted to fix. One, they wanted to kind of redress it so that it was in line with where Star Wars had developed over yeah. all those years. They wanted to make it so it was easier to update in the future. Yeah. Um, so they could just add new content to it. Yeah. And the last piece of the puzzle was, I don't know who decided it, but they're like, it needs to have a little more iconic Star Wars. So DJ Rex gets kicked to the can. He just ends up in luggage, just turned off. Yeah. Like, like he's not alive. Oh, no wonder Rex. L3 is fighting for droid poor rights because they're just discarded <laughs> like they're not people. Yeah. And C-3PO is now your captain. Yes. And R2-D2 is on the outside of the ship. Yes. Same thing. You you come in and see the Star yeah. 
Speeder 2000. Yeah. And you see it has an R2 slot and there's R2-D2. So the droids are now your hosts. And the way they fixed the updating is they updated all the facades. So it's very modern, what a modern airport looks like. Uh, and then the last piece of the puzzle is they want to make sure it could update. So what they did was it is on a random program. Yeah, it's all it these has segments. branching paths. So it can go through different iterations. You can ride the ride multiple times in a row and see different areas. They've added a, a crate version to it after episode eight came out, yep. for example. And in the interim between... 87 and 2011 when it relaunched there were different ideas being kicked around you know mm -hmm. when the prequels were being shot and in development episode one you know lucas reached out and said hey i have this pod race this would go really great in star tours in fact they had originally planned star tours to get updated every couple of years but right. because it was so popular they never did and right. so he said hey the pod race will look great they developed all this new footage where sebulba throws something at you you know it becomes like this 3d ride and then they decided well well, you know what we can't just have from one movie so let's wait for the prequels to be finished and you know wait for all that and so after everything kind of shook out that's when the update in 2011 came and you're also right that i forgot that's the other thing is they added the third dimension the motion ride now has three dimension 3d glasses so that you get even more like depth like you're looking out a window yeah. rather than mm -hmm. and it's it's full of a lot more star wars cameos so basically you get three scenes and those three scenes are randomized as far as which ones you're going to get. And most of them are bridged or connected with an encounter with Darth Vader, Princess Leia, Admiral Akbar, uh, Poe Dameron. Like there's all these characters yeah. you will potentially so connect So I with. have never been on the updated version. I've only been on the old version. Oh. Because I believe the last time I was at MGM was 2010. Oh. I, I, I'm trying to like put the pieces like I know I was in college and I started college in 09. I'm pretty sure it was after my freshman year. So I think it was spring 2010, maybe right before the right ride before closed. It closed. Yeah. So, so you and I basically have the opposite experiences. Yeah, you're, you're pretty much. You're connected to that and I'm yeah. very connected to the yeah. new one. Because with the new one is, I'll just give a, like an example of it because I just wrote it last week. Um, when I started, you know, C3PO was like, oh, well, we have to get go going. And I'm just working on this console. And then the 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 you see outside him trying to work on it as the droid captain who goes, <laughs> goes like, all right, well, just have it done before we have to leave. And then you get in, you ride the vehicle, and then it's like, all right, Star Tours, you're launching now. And C3PO was like, no, you can't launch. I don't know what I'm doing because <laughs> uh, he's bumbling. And then you yep. you start out the hangar in mine. Darth Vader's going like, you have a rebel spy aboard. And what's great <laughs> is the cast has chosen someone in the audience. And there's a picture of them from when they loaded wow. into the ride. And it's, it says rebel spy in Arabish. I could read it. Um, and it's basically like you try to leave and Vader force grabs the ship. And you're feeling the ship rock as you're trying to like, and the engines whine. And then you get tossed through like this ship and then you end up and then you hyperspace to your first location mine was hoth and so you kind of come over hoth and then one of the rogue flights is like star tours what are you doing this is a combat zone a combat zone <laughs> and then you get shot by an atat -AT, and you crash and you fall over a snowbank and then you get up into the air and then you hyperspace to another place so was this from your trip in 2017? This is... Or from just a week, week ago? Okay. Last week. Okay. But you also wrote it in 2017, I wrote saying, it twice right? in 17, okay. and what was great is I, I got... I, I won the gambling. Uh, so there... I want to say it's like 
16 or so segments you can possibly get. Okay. There might be more, and some have maybe rotated in and out. Okay. Um, So I have been in my three rides of Star Tours, The Journey Continued, which is what they named the update. I have The Adventure Continues. Adventure Continues. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, I have seen Hoth. Okay. Geonosis. Okay. Death Star 2. Okay. I have seen... Did Death Star 2 take you inside the Death Star? Yes, but through the superstructure, like, uh, like Return yeah, of the Jedi very style. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, Genosis is the the minefield. It's the Boba Fett scene. Awesome. Um, uh, the first time I read, I went to Tatooine for the pod race. I've seen that. Oh, that would be cool. That would be the one I'd want to see. Um, I've been to Bespin. I'm trying to remember. Sure, sure. I think. I think I did Hoth again then. Um, and then I uh, skipped to the chase. And then the one I was very happy to is the last destination we had on the last day of me being able to access the ride. My love, I got to see Coruscant. <gasps> and oh. you get a little taste of the episode two, like Skyway Chase. Oh, how fun is that got to oh, be? Oh, yeah. It was, especially the part is, if I remember correctly, it ends like the thing that breaks you off from it is like, the thing just rumbles as you go through those interference fields yeah, they yeah, go yeah, through yeah, and yeah. then you zip away from there. Oh, that's so good. So that was your favorite out of all the ones you experienced? Well, I love that one to death. Yeah. I love Coruscant so much. Yeah. Um, But I will say, like, the cool thing about it is, and I, is you could stand in line for four hours and ride it a few times uh, and it would be different. Yeah. You yes. know, it's. There are certain scenes I'm sure that are more rare or less rare. Yes. Like the crate scene. I'm sure if you went in the height of like Last Jedi stuff, it's probably in rotation a little bit more. Now it's probably a little more in the background. Probably as far exactly as, right. Whereas like Hoth and Tatooine and the Death Star are probably mm-hmm. higher in the rotation forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have these cool little stories and then you, you come back and land and the shield closes and... I think the other thing is the animatronics is really great with Anthony Daniels C-3PO up there guiding the whole thing. And there's these side screens where, like, you see the Rebel Spy. Um, there's a part where, like, in mine, the last one I wrote it last week was, like, Admiral Akbar comes out and it's as forced 3D as possible. So it looks like he's projected, you know, Princess Leia style in a hologram. Oh, yeah. Um, of, like, you have to deliver this Rebel to us. <laughs> like, Is it episode six, Admiral Akbar? So the one thing about... You, we t- you talked about an 87. Yeah. Cannon's optional <laughs> um, because, you know, like you're at Geonosis fighting Jango sure. Fett and then it's Darth Vader on yeah. the Death Star 2. And it's well, like, what you're missing mm, is they go through mm. the world between worlds a lot. You know, if you look just, just behind the blue around. lines of hyperspace, there is yeah. a little black and white. Yeah, of, you see a little wolf running around back there, a little hyper wolf. Um, I think officially it's supposed to happen I think after Return of the Jedi as yeah. well. I think yeah. it's it's that time period. Yeah. But well, was he in an all white outfit or was he in a brownish greenish gray outfit? Who Admiral Akbar? He's in a hologram, so he's blue. Oh, fair, fair, fair. Uh, but but C three it didn't have his red arm yet. You might not ah, recognize. So you did him. recognize him? It, yeah, I was gonna say I did recognize him. Yeah. Okay. Um, good. So I I again. It's more having fun with it. I guess, like I mentioned, some of the other fun things is Patrick Warburton plays like one of the like like luggage handlers. You know, he was supposed to be the new host. He was supposed to be the like new droid characterization. But then they didn't like the new droid that they had designed and like the way it turned out. So they went with 3PO. That's totally fine. He got to go host uh, Soaring, which is a vastly more popular ride than almost anything in Disney. You know, I've never been on that. 
oh, you should go. That's at Epcot now, right? Uh, yeah, that's at Epcot at the land. Okay, because uh, for the longest time, wasn't that only California Adventure? Right, because the whole deal that was, was like you, were, the you were going over ride. California. Yeah. When they brought it yeah. over to the land, they made it more international. Yeah, I've been to Disneyland once, but I was young, so uh, I don't really remember. Yeah, and California the, Adventure wasn't a thing yet. Um, so, so like. It's just really cool because Patrick Wahlberg's there. Uh, an old story is like some of the robots that are doing your luggage handling are, are like field stripped versions of characters. They yes, yes, from they other pulled out from other attractions because um, they have still have webbed feet and yeah, silly stuff. Yeah. Um, but one of the neat things was so as we were rolling forward, right? Eventually, I think it's like 2017. Rex is no longer in Star Tours. Where did he go? He's He's been sitting there. He had the longest day ever. They decommissioned him after yeah. that. He had a long rest, and now he's gone. And as the legend now goes, and this is the headcanon I'm using, right? After I rode Star Tours, I went right around the corner and walked through the, the um, transition, the beautifully designed, nondescript transition from the Hollywood studios into Batu. Yeah. And at the other end, the other alternative entrance, which is towards the back, there's a crater. And the legend goes that that crater is something crashed here. And Mubo, who's right next to the droid, droid Depot, finds a droid in there, fixes it up, finds that it's a pilot droid, goes, <laughs> we don't need a pilot droid, reprograms it to be a DJ. And now it lives at August Canthina, spinning the... The hollow tapes. Oh, you love to see it. I cannot wait to go. I know you've seen him in person, obviously. Well, no, I couldn't get Doctor's Cantina. So oh, that's oh, the only thing I couldn't do. Oh yeah. Uh, so Anaheim twenty two twenty two. We are going to get yeah. you on the new Star Tours. Yeah. We're going to go see Rex. Yeah, and luckily it probably won't be crowded then. Uh yeah. <laughs> the thing. Hopefully, I'm looking COVID to will 20- be over, so park will be at full capacity. I think that will be the case, and I think the other thing is like. One of the things I liked about Batu is it's all in universe, just like it started with Star Tours. If it's all in universe, we're all going to wink and pretend that we are going to space today, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I'm looking forward to celebration because even if the park's busy, it's going to be busy with our people. Mm-hmm. And everyone's going to be saying bright suns and clear moons to each other. And we're all going to be winking and nodding. Going, I hope like, so. We're in Star- like, I hope so. That sounds More wonderful. guests will be on board with that yeah. than at any other time you could have that happen other than maybe opening day. And even then, I, I think you have enough so, Disney Mac. heads who are Disney people, not just Star Wars I, people. I know the optimism flashes back and forth between you and I on a pretty much daily basis. <laughs> but I, I want to believe that, but I'm just so worried it's going to be a bunch of 30-somethings with aggressive haircuts. Um, I guess that they're 40-somethings now. Well, but you know what I mean? No, I'm, I think it's going to be a blast. I, here's the thing. I can't wait. All those 40 songs like, I don't care about this. I hate the last Jedi. I hate all this new stuff. The prequels suck. George Lucas raped my childhood. And okay, sir. Yeah. Just turn around. Or, oh, oh, that's the Millennium Falcon. It's real. And they'll just melt into children, and I, we'll all be good. I hope so with every fiber of my being. Well, we're going to find out, because we'll continue this conversation. We will. We'll do Star Tours again do once I've read realize, the updated version. Do you realize? What? We're only like, what, six months and a year? Like 18 <laughs> months yeah. away? Do yeah. you just think about it. We have never been close. Mac, you're saying this is the closest we've ever been. This is by far the closest oh, we've ever been. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, since we are so close, here's what we're going to do now. Let's hop back in our space taxi. Yes. And go over to the next topic. So that way we're one bit closer 
to Celebration 2022. We'll be even closer when we come back. I'd like to buy the world a home and furnish it with love. Grow apple trees and honeybees and snow white turtle doves. I like to teach the world to sing. Sing with me. official guide it refers to it as a brown liquid (laughs) okay a brown liquid Mm -hmm. um that was discovered by a citizen of Megiddo who imported it to batu this Mm -hmm. foreign substance Mm -hmm. known as a soda (laughs) not to be confused with yoda um and they call it coca-cola (laughs) coca-cola Ah, it's very refreshing. (laughs) Crisp, clean, cold. What more could you want on a hot Batuian day? Yeah, no, ice cold original taste. Now, it's funny it says original taste on Arabish in there since it's the only version of that taste. The galaxy far, far away has been spared new Coke. (laughs) For now. For now. For now. I keep hoping they'll add cherry or vanilla. But a boy can dream, can't he? Well, just remember, it's not the only thing available. Because what we're talking about is the in-universe canon liquid that you can drink in the galaxy far, far away that might be familiar to people not so far, far away. Coca-Cola carbonated caffeinated soda. Available on Black Spire Outpost at a number of Jack Kata's coolers. Pop-up restaurants driven to you to, you can find it in the main market squares. You can also mm-hmm. find it out by the ancient mm-hmm. spires for no reason, because no mm-hmm. one's out there, obviously. No, no, no. one's out there. No, there's, there wouldn't be a clientele of resistance members Don't you could look. sell that to. Don't look. Don't look at all. Don't look. Um, but uh, J1KC, J2KC, and J3KC are astromech droids running these little carts, running around with the, well... Our friend, the, the Lumen, Jack Kataz, decided that, well, to make it look like the thing he found that he's been copying this recipe from, he painted them red. <laughs> he put in Arabish because it was in some weird foreign language, some version of High Galactic, which didn't make sense. It was all curvy. <laughs> uh, he writes the Arabish out for Coca-Cola, and he's been making a killing ever since. Yeah, I hear it's popular. Yeah. So popular, in fact, that he has other varietals. That's right. He found a diet version of it in a silver container. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In a green container, he found a lemon-lime version Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. it or something like of a soda. Yeah. And and then, uh, of course, crisp, clean water in your your Dasani bottles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And boy, I'll tell you, we have had a chance to try them. Now, Mac, you 
have had a chance to try them in person walking through the mean streets of Batu. So our friend who goes to Disney a lot, thanks to his uh, mostly his girlfriend, um, he uh, he has smuggled us back um, stuff. He has. uh, Yes. very early episode, you could hear us both cracking our our bottles yes. as we we take in our coke. Yes, we got to try Coca Cola from Batu together, and since then we have both gotten a Diet Coke and a Sprite, I believe, as well yes. brought back. Yes. And Mac, I have not had the Dasani, but you. Have. I was just say I bought my Dasani there. It was the, when I came into Batu. Uh, there, there's like the Re- Rebel Riot. I'm sorry, say. So say the rebel base, the resistance base, which is where rise <laughs> yeah. of the resistance is happening. And to my left, what do I see by the red cart of Coca-Cola? And I haven't eaten lunch yet. So I'm like, yeah, I'll go for a Coke. Sure. Walk over. And I just in the well of my stomach, I was called to do what I came here to do. Bright suns. And they're like, ah, good day. I think is what your people say. Traveler. How's it going? I'm like, oh, it's going great. Can I get a Coca-Cola? Sure thing. That'll be 10. That'll be 3.5 credits. I'm like, oh, I hope this data pad on my wrist can pay for your credits. It's like, I think I've seen people do it before. I think it will work. I'm like, oh, this is just a delight. (laughs) Now, I have a very serious question as someone who's only had it imported. Is it only 350? I think it's I think it was 350. It might be way too cheap for Disney. Well, I'm pretty sure that's what Coke costs the entire property. Okay. So I may be translating what like the yeah. vending machine at my hotel will charge for it, you but yeah. I'm pretty sure when it cost me two bucks at home yeah. and three fifty that seems like a reasonable price hike. Yeah, see, I would have thought five. I don't think it's that I bad. would have thought five. I, uh, the blue milk might have been in that ballpark. Sure, but, but, sure. But so what they did, and I didn't know this because you were I was about to, all right. Apologize. I hope your people don't call you this. Like you're really into Coca-Cola, the brand. I the, am. I'm the, quite a fan. You're, you're the first. They're, person they're I've an met. absolutely awful company who are a well, scourge on the environment and the planet and our legal system. But other than that, I love their product. But a classic piece of Americana yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in every way that you can think uh, of. Oh boy. Um, but with that being said, like you have some collector's items and, and, and some stuff, and you are the first person I met in my life who not only had a strong opinion of Pepsi, Pepsi versus oh, Coke, but had a, I don't drink Pepsi. I don't. It's just, Coke needs to acquire Mountain Dew, yeah. so I give PepsiCo no money. Yeah, I, I, I will drink, um, I don't drink Mountain Dew regularly, but what I am a big fan of is trying varieties of Mountain Dew. So I like Such to the, sample every flavor. Yeah, major melon, total letdown. Uh, for you, I thought it was pretty if good. If you like strawberry with Jolly Ranchers, you'll be into it. That's the way I've been well, describing Watermelon Jolly Ranchers. Oh, that's what I meant to say. You're, you're I'm sorry, good. watermelon, you're good. yes. Um, but I like to try the varieties of it. But beyond that, yeah, well, I don't really drink any. I'll drink Gatorade from time to time, I guess. That's a Pepsi product. And you're always down for a Baja Blast. Oh, you're right. I do. Oh, oh like I said, you're right. That's what the Coca-Cola company in Atlanta, Georgia needs to acquire yeah, that way. I do love a Baja so, Blast. With that being said, I was about to call on like... for a Baja so Blast the fun, right now, Mac. The fun thing about... Oh, why'd you say Baja Blast, Mac? Now I'm not going to be able to record until I get a Baja hey, Blast. Hey, you know, it's right before fourth meal. I'm oh sure you can God. go. <laughs> oh, my God. It's 8-12 local time. They're still open for like six hours. I was going to say, fourth meal. Yeah. You got to... Um, anyway, so... <laughs> I was about to call, I was just about to say, I need to finish this joke, which isn't funny at all at this point. But like, I was about to say like, yeah, you're really into Coke. You're like a Coke head. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. That's probably not the term you have for people who like Coke and Coke related products. But (laughs) I was impressed. It comes in this very round orb with this um, 
top that has a reinforced kind of plastic bit that makes it look like a, like a valve handle. And you told me that this is they made Christmas ornament style of these bottles before, right? So yeah, the the bottle itself, not the top of it, right, not right, the topper right. that goes over sort of the normal cap, is the same style bottle that you'll see that they sell around Christmas. They're they're kind of like little bulbs, and they're they have Santa on them, and they're red and whatever, normal Coca Cola, but it's the same bottle shape. Right, which in the Star Wars universe, when you put this elaborate cap on it, ends up like it look like a thermal detonator or something. Mm-hmm. It looks, it looks like a pressurized vessel, not mm-hmm. just a. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I guess it is. Now that I think about it, <laughs> that's that it is, is a very, pressurized that's vessel. Very um, true. Yes. Wow. You're right. And and I adore it because, for me, just to give the little run up for this, I was there with. My friend Chris and we could not get into the panel for Galaxy's Edge that was happening at uh, Chicago Star mm-hmm, Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're watching it next to the Star Wars show stage mm-hmm. um, with gazillions of other people. <laughs> and they're one. They're like, hey, and we just, you know what? We've been talking about Galaxy's Edge. There's one other thing. One other thing we're bringing to the galaxy that we think you might like. And they show this little video of like the idea of like. It's like it's like a Coke delivery truck, like like semi falls into a warp hole and just ends up. And like people are opening these crates of like, what is this? And like, oh, it's Coca-Cola. And I'm like, I'm losing my mind because I'm like, ah, it's got Arabish. They, they did the dynamic ribbon logo, but with like Arabish letters. And they're like, and you're going to get this T-shirt. Everyone here at the panel. And like Aww. I look over Chris Byers, I'm like, I need that T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and it was ironic because. Chris is like, I really want that T-shirt, too. And we're not in the panel. So that night, we're all just like, man, I wish I could get that T-shirt. There's got to be some on on eBay by now, right? (laughs) And so both of us semi-independently order a T-shirt from someone at Celebration who will hand it to us, paying like $70 for them. Because I'm like, but when are you ever going to get one? And then the irony of ironies is like the next day we get back there and we're like, hey, we're at the Mandalorian panel and it's the end of the day. We forgot to pick up our free poster. Oh, we're out of those guys. Sorry. We're super duper hyper crazy out of those. I'm like, you didn't have enough for everyone who attended, which you know. Uh, sure. I, I guess we leave empty handed. Like, hey, I don't want you guys leaving it empty. You can pick up any of the other, other prizes that not everyone's taken. And, and like, are, are those the Galaxy's Edge Coca-Cola shirts? Yeah, yeah. We got plenty of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll take one of those. Oh, that's so great. So I ended up with two of them. And it's it's where I would say my, my obsession with Arabish starts when I was a little kid. But Chicago, because there's so much stuff because Disney's influence and their love of mm-hmm. using that for foreign letters. It was all over the place. And to have this shirt that just says it is just amazing. And so you get the little bulb and it has it there. And then on all the other stuff they have, um, I'm trying to remember what the name of it's It's... Uh, Ing, Ingbesh, I think Ingbesh is what they call mm-hmm. it, which is the, they look like Arabish, but they're, mm-hmm. they're normal English characters, mm-hmm. which in universe is high galactic, which mm-hmm. is when you see our normal English language. Um, and that's all over it. And just, it looks kind of in universe. And then there's a Sprite one where they did the same thing to the Sprite logo. <laughs> and like yeah. the little lemon lime is like angled and angular because it's space. And then <laughs> you have the Diet Coke and you have the Dasani and they all are just done up in a way that you don't see except for maybe in like 
the world of Coke stores where they have all the different languages yeah. of, of how they've translated that. And it's really cool because the Coca-Cola company is the one who did that from everything I've heard. Like they're the ones who approved and made the, they're like, Oh, if we're going to be there, like you have this foreign language. We've translated this logo into every other foreign language. We could do it to a space language. Sure. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's super charming, but it was also just the utter ridiculousness of Coca-Cola is canon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it exists there. Mm -hmm. Luke Skywalker, if he ever stopped by Batuu, could have had a Coke. Ray and Poe probably have had Coca-Cola products. Do you think they like it? Do you think, what do you think Poe drinks? What do you think? He's just out of the cockpit. Hey, he's got his flight suit is drenched in sweat. It's been a long day. Now, what, you, what is he cracking up? You are too young to remember this, but I remember Top Gun related like soda commercials. So, yes, coming out of a flight in your flight suit, sweating like a dog. The first thing you want is some ice cold soda. Says no one who knows exactly what soda tastes like when you're really, really, really hot. It's it's not thirst quenching. It's Mac, delicious. Mac, you know, Mac, it, Mac, 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 no, no. Soda can end riots in the streets soda can bring nations together sodas can unite people on all fronts and even, sodas can sure as heck quench your thirst after a long day of flying through the galaxy mean joe green likes it and he's mean <laughs> even, yes yes Ex see, india you, jones you loves it. diet coke it's not invented until mm. years after he's probably dead but like he was real into it in that copy of Raiders I had. Oh, that's or Last Crusade, I guess. But again, we're just touching on this because it's it's awesome. Cause it's it's yes. the normal kind of like beverage cart you have at Disney World. But the the attention to detail, the fact that it's run by a droid, one of the cool things is I saw them pack it up where they have a pad. Like oh, wow. the little controls to move this little cart, which is motorized, also make the droid move a little bit. So the droid is driving it, not the person holding the controls. It's it's a delight. That sounds fantastic. And I cannot wait to see it in person. It's going to be good. It's going to be really, really good. Yes. Just one thing I just want to mention. Oh, just be very careful with those. Mm. Do empty them before you travel home with them if you're traveling by plane. And put them in your not carry-on because security guards, I'm sure, at... Orlando have gotten used to seeing those, but I don't think all the security personnel are used to the bomb looking thing that is a Coca-Cola bottle <laughs> in your luggage. Uh, yeah, probably not. No. It's probably better safe than sorry. With better that one. You should ship it home or, or yeah. you can get it. But like I said, just, 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 just put it in your check-in. That's all. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we got one more topic I want to talk about with Batu. Let's get to it. Let's hop, hop back on Star Tours and head over there.
in the history of Star Wars, we have a number of military traditions yeah. that we are known of. The most famous, I would say, is the Fighting 501st, Vader's Fist, who joined Anakin all the way back during the Clone Wars, walk with him through Operation Nightfall. That's a, that's, yeah. a day, that's a bad day. Um, yeah. And they also eventually become the foundation of his legion, and legion being the largest organization of the Imperial Army. Um, but by the time we get to the sequel era, you know, the Empire has been dissolved, yeah. but the Forced Order has ri- risen. And, Every hero has an imitator. Yeah. And Kylo Ren, known imitator, <laughs> wanting to be... Just like his granddad, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he also has his own personal legion. Now, you'd think it would be like, oh, are they like traditionally the Knights of Ren? No, we're going to talk about the Knights of Ren and Rise of Skywalker, sort of. The important thing about it is they're not Kylo's fist anymore. They're the Red Fury. They're the fighting 709. And they are quintessentially one of the most important First Order legions because they're, I think, the only one we have a name for. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they didn't get super fleshed out, um, but luckily, because of the Galaxy's Edge comic book, yes. we do have a little bit of, uh, shall we say, off-screen information about these characters. Yeah. So, published in uh, 2019, Galaxy's Edge tells the story of the Red Furies and how they're sort of organized. Um, now, I apologize when I tell the story here. I'm not going to remember the characters' names because... They follow the first order naming conventions, which is droid names. So you have a two letter prefix and then a four letter numeric code. And I don't remember those. But the important (laughs) thing about it is what they show is that we see the occupation of Batu. The first Mm -hmm. order is coming. They're looking for resistance Mm -hmm. members. They're like, there's enough of them that we're on the Millennium Falcon. There's like 30 of them tops. We can go kill all of them. Send my troops everywhere. In fact, I will personally oversee it on this junk planet called, called Batu. My dad hang out here, which means it's a trash fire and it needs to be burned to the ground. And Kylo Ren brings his personal fleet uh, and his personal legion down to the planet and they occupy Batu. Now, the mm-hmm. comic book to- tells a little bit of story so we get to know these stormtroopers and kind of what it looks like to be a first order stormtrooper if you're not Finn. Like, what happens when you have had all the flash training and it has made you into a cruel weapon tool Mm -hmm, of the mm -hmm. first order because the comic mostly explores them just having, I guess adventures, but just sort of running around, but doing crackdown stuff, trying to suss out where the resistance is hanging out, Mm -hmm. uh, shaking down. Like one of the most famous things is doc Andar who runs doc Andar's antiquities. They're like, yeah, there's a Jedi lightsaber somewhere here and we know it's going to go through your hands. So do you have it? And doc Andar is like, I find your tone really uh, offensive. I'm not going to help you. Well, we occupy this planet and you're going to help us or we're going to take all of your stuff. (laughs) And luckily, uh, there's a a, a distraction which gets Mm -hmm. them out of the store. And so the sergeant who you're mostly following through this story, he uh, he leaves and leaves Doc Anger alone. And Doc Anger is like, oh, well, I don't know who these resistance people are, but I'm throwing my lot in with them because that guy's a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Not a fan, huh? No, he's not a fan of the Mm. free markets at all. Uh, I'm just I'm. He's just an antiquities dealer. Sure, some of his stuff's illegal, but it's Batu. People want illegal stuff in Batu. That's all the really good items. That's where you get the most credits. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff, you know, just because it could hurt someone, just because it could poke an eye out, doesn't mean it's not worth 
a little bit extra pocket change. And anyway, we're loyal citizens of the Republic out here at Batu. I mean, sure, we don't know them and we use Spira more than we use credits. But hey, you know, the important thing is we recognize credits. We're not like one of those backwaters like Tatooine where they're like <laughs> Republic datteries. No, I need something more real. <laughs> no, 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 no. You got coin. We'll take it. <laughs> Batu will barter, Batuians will barter with anything. And so the comic book is just, I think it's more of an introduction to Galaxy's Edge. Mm Because you meet people like Mubo, you meet Oga, Mm -hmm. you meet like many of the Diazans, the main characters you're going to meet if you go Mm -hmm. to Batu in Mm -hmm. the park. And it's Um, the only real way to sort of visually explore Batu without being there. Because we will be getting an Art of Galaxy's Edge book coming out soon. And we've got, um, you know, a couple Galaxy's Edge novels and the Traveler's Guide and the Cookbook. But nothing like the comic book shows it off as visually beautifully other than the park. Right, right. Other than being there. So. And it also helps sell the fact that while Batu is a fantastically amazing place, it is limited in physical space. You know, Black Spire Outpost, the place, is bigger than just the streets you walk through mm-hmm. in Galaxy's Edge. And so you kind of get to see that. Like, you get to understand that, like, well, yes, at the park, it's a three-minute walk that way to get to the Resistance Base. No, it's actually really far out there at these forested, like, um, ruins. Like, those aren't just on the outskirts of town. They're a good ways out, which is one of the reasons they... the 709 never finds them and you can find the f- fingerprints of the 709 all over the park itself because all the stormtroopers you will meet are 709 troopers um when i was there since of the covid stuff um they weren't on patrol because covid um but what they were is there's the thai echelon that's parked in the one part of the uh of the kind of the first order end of town and they would just patrol around that. So they would be kind of hassling people and talking to people from this raised platform. And every once in a while, Kylo Ren would come in and check in personally, personally and just go and be just disgusted with this place and the people that are here. (laughs) Uh, I wish he had more emotions, but no, that was pretty much his emotion was contempt, just ugly contempt. Um, and there's even a there's even a gift store if you want to buy some first order merchandise that says 709 on it. We got it. Oh, did you happen to pick up any of that while you were there? Um, so I have the first order journal is one of the things I have, which is a nice black pleather bound journal with, uh, you know, all the little imperial signets and first order blazoned on the front in Arabish. Um, but you can buy a whole first order u- uniform if, if you want to play a space fascist. We have the costume for you. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's one of the sad things I keep saying it. Like it's one of the sad things about the sequel series is like once they do the Roman salute in, uh, in like Starkiller base, you're like, Oh, Oh, this isn't, these aren't the Imperials where like, Hey man, I'm just trying to get in the GE bill so I can afford college. That's why I'm a stormtrooper. No, no, no. (laughs) These are, these are all the way true believers. That's what happens when you brainwash kids from youth. Oh, yeah. When you don't give them a choice, unless the force intervenes in their <laughs> lives. Yeah. Those kids are, they're not waiting for the GE bill. This is all they know. This is all they will know. Um, so the the 709 is, is again, a very interesting. And, again, in the canon of, like, it's the sequel trilogy's 501st. It is the, mm-hmm. the Black Ops super bad guys, incorruptible, true believers of the First Order, the personal vanguard of the supreme leader of the First Order, 
the Red Furies are definitely an interesting wrinkle in canon, especially when it comes to Batu, because as the occupying force, they are the face of evil in the park. I can't wait to meet them in person. I'm sure they're swell guys. I'm yes. sure they'll check your ID yeah. and harass you, but then also yeah. not have enough time to harass you enough to yeah. do anything. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard, but I, I've got some anti-fascist tendencies. <gasps> so, you know, we'll see. Hey, look, we'll see. the first order might be space Nazis, but they're not fascists. You know how I know that? They outlawed fascism. So it can't ah, exist ah, where they are at. Ah, so just saying. Oh, boy. You know, for those who say Star Wars never got political. <laughs> yeah, it, it did. Yeah, it's not just here in the 2010s, <laughs> yeah. uh, believe it or not. <laughs> it's, it's like, apparently you don't know anything about Vietnam and what George Lucas might have been saying in that first trilogy. <laughs> Hint, the rebels were the Viet Cong, you know, the opposing force. <laughs> the empire <laughs> all right mac let's not rewrite your mamby pamby history with those beatniks hey for the all record right. star wars is talking in the broadest strokes of politics because i mean again the 709 or people are like let me see your id yeah keep your nose clean like these are the nice cops they might be jerks but they're they're not just gonna kill you in the street they're better than our cops well that's just because you only experience them during the day oh <laughs> that's true yeah, once they there, drum out of the park yeah. at seven o'clock once eight uh, hits, oh, they're just, they're just. Yeah, but two after dark is a different place. <laughs> uh, but again, it's it's a really cool thing. Our friend Chris has uh, like the hat and stuff for for the Red Furies. And uh, they're, they're interesting and I can't wait to see more of them. Oh, yeah, because we'll get more eventually. There are going to be more Kylo stories eventually. There are going to be more First Order stories. Because yeah, I, I think it's literally... It's just called Black Spire Outpost, the one novel, I think, is the mm -hmm. only other place they're really mentioned. Yeah, that's kind of, they're mentioned there a little bit. And then at the end of um, A Test of Courage, that's kind of where you see a little bit of First Order action as well on Batu. So they're not mentioned in there, but it also plays a little bit into kind of the First Order invading. Right. Uh, at the very end of that book. So yeah, there is a little bit. In fact, I talked about those uh, just very recently. Oh, yeah. On an episode. Uh, I said how Black Spire is my favorite book of the sequel era in New Canon. Uh, so out of all the books that take place sort of post Return of the Jedi, that yeah. is the one that I probably recommend the most. It's a good one. And mm -hmm. Black Spire is just... Man, have you read it? Have you finished it? I know I, you've started it, I think. I, I, yeah, I haven't finished that. That's okay. The, the only book I've finished that involves Batu is the the second Thrawn novel. Uh, oh, sure, sure. Thrawn alliances. Alliances. I, I wanted to say allegiance. I'm like, no, that's the new trilogy. Um, yeah. But uh, is and from reading that and like now being there and going mm -hmm. like, oh, I know what bar they're getting shot up at. I know where yeah. this is. I know yeah. what the spires look like. Yeah. I know this. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I can't wait to go. It's gonna be great. But. We can't go there quite yet. No, we cannot. We we'll still have, have other trips to make before then. And again, we're, we're, we've never been closer. Mac, but this is the closest we've ever been. Let's get even closer. Let's go wrap this thing.
We're bringing in the Star Cruiser. Mm -hmm. We've mm -hmm. come off of Star Tours. Another episode of Star Wars All In. We've Done. exited the shuttle. We, you know, we're in the gift shop now. I'm tugging on the gift shop. I'm tugging on my mom's sleeve, trying to get her to buy me this three times marked up action figure. And I'm I'm sending you pictures yeah. of the Black Series figure, and you're going, "Oh my god, it's a whole thing of Black Series. I've never seen that many Black Series in the same place in like years, in a long time, a long time." And I'm like, oh "Cool, god. they're all this one Ewok and Akbar. That's okay. I don't need those ones, but I still want to see them. I still want to see <laughs> yes. this." This packed display of black face. <laughs> it doesn't matter if I have them. I'm still going to look at them. I'll even take one off the peg. Just to just hold just it for a little feel bit. It. Yeah. Just to feel Man, it. Man, Tatooine Traders, which is what you exit in at least these the Disney World uh, yeah. Star Tours. Like, man, it's really cool because it's, it's really packed. But I'm like, ah, this one's for the kids. The real stuff's just over there in Batu. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, you know, I have some great memories of that trading outpost, though. Oh, sure. One of my, um, I, I think, my okay. first ever Star Wars pizza merchandise oh. came from there. I have this little, like, Darth Vader figure, but it's just a statue. It's like a, like, almost like a wax dip statue. like a, An like inaction figure. Yeah. Uh, and I remember I got it there after riding Star Tours as a little kid. Oh. And I think it was, my, I think I've told this story before, but it was my very first Star Wars action figure was that little Darth Vader. That's really cool. Uh, and yeah, I mean, a lot has happened in Star Wars, Mac, in the last couple of weeks since we've been together. <laughs> yes. You yes. went to Batu. obviously. We've talked about that a you can, ton. You can hear kind of my fresh off the uh, speeder yeah. report from last <laughs> week, because... Oh my gosh, that is a highlight. That's going to be an afterglow. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have the year, mm -hmm. most of the rest of the year. It's enough to get you through the rest of the apocalypse. It really did wash a lot of dust off my soul from uh, 2020. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. I, I just want to say, it's amazing. Disney's doing all the right things. It's safe to go back to the parks. I would also say, if you don't have to go back to the parks, it's okay. Because <laughs> it is a... It's a fine experience if you've been there. It is you do not want your first experiences there. Because yeah. like I said, Ronto Rosses was closed. I, I couldn't get into Agnes Cantina. Um, while it was an amazing experience, I'm super excited to go back in 2022 when it's hopefully a little more normal mm -hmm. what the experience is supposed to be. And that goes like triple for like the other rides in the park. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of nice cities they had to cut out just to make the place operational. So like I said, if you're excited to go do a Disney trip, you're already planning one, you're going to have a blast. If you're not, don't worry. It'll be there when you're, when this is all over too. And it's not just new Star Wars we had. We also had old Star Wars because we had the <laughs> High Republic come out. Yeah. Yay. This is our first time together, I think, since the High Republic That's has true. launched. True. Uh, I finished Light of the Jedi. Are you still reading I'm it? I'm not halfway through. So Light you're of the making Jedi. good progress through Light of the Jedi. Are you enjoying it so far? Yes, I am. Yes. I will not give any spoilers, but it is one of the. Um, how should I put this? It is a Star Wars book mm -hmm. that gives you a full movie experience. It has a beginning, middle, and end. It has a full cast of characters, and 99% of them are new. You've never yep. met them before, with a few very rare exceptions. Uh, you explore new places. You explore new things. But it's written with a dramatic tension that Star I... Wars needs, and a lot of other Star Wars novels don't and, have that. And... And I will say that the thing that I can say already is I've already recommended the book to like two people um, is that opening. The first yes. like act of the book is yes. so arresting. Yes. It is such an interesting 
like you said, movie, like exciting, pulse pounding, adrenaline. What's going to happen? I yes. need to keep going. Uh, start. And I, I think the only reason I haven't finished the book is because the rest of the book slows down so you can absorb yeah. the impact of what just happened. And I'm like, this is great. Yeah. But like, whew, I got to catch my breath. That was a wow. It is. It's very intense. It's very edge of your seat. Hold your breath type of stuff. And I loved it. Uh, I yes. also finished The Test of Courage, which yes. is the um, Justina Ireland uh, young adult book, which takes place uh, kind of concurrently. You know, so the uh, the um, the disaster, the Hetzal system disaster that kicks off the High Republic has happened. And this story sort of takes place in the middle of Light of the Jedi with a different group of characters on a different planet, a different situation. Also, highly, highly recommended. I had a ton of fun reading it. It's nice and short and, and sweet, like all the sort of young reader books are. And Justine Ireland has made uh, a great piece of Star Wars and is going to continue to make uh, more. So it's fantastic. And we are just starting with the Marvel Comics series with the um, IDW comic coming this yes. month. I haven't read either issue one of the regular Marvel or the IDW series. Have you? Uh, I have read the official Marvel. I think the Marvel issue two is supposed to come out very soon. And I think yeah. it's later in the month is the ID. Com- the uh, I actually Re- think it's uh, tomorrow. Oh, maybe it's I have ID those in issue. Reverse. Yeah. Uh, ID issue. IDW Galax. issue number one is tomorrow. High Republic Adventures. As of the as of today, the day we're recording this, Into the Dark has come out. That's true. The not only third High Republic novel, but the first Claudia Gray novel since Master and Apprentice. Yep. And... Oh I haven't started it yet because I literally just got it in the mail a couple of hours ago and I didn't read any <laughs> early. Just like Light of the Jedi, I decided not to read any of it early. I decided not to go after any sort of early copy or anything. Yeah. And just uh, I'm going to experience it. You know, this week I'll, I'll read it and probably finish it. Uh, I'm also making my way through uh, the first Darth Bane book, continuing on my Legends uh, mm-hmm. read slash reread. Uh, and I think I've mentioned this before, but I've never read the Darth Bane book. So this is a mm. first for me. Uh, I finished Knight Errant, which so far has probably been my least favorite Legends book. Okay. Uh, so it's been a, it's been a great week, couple of weeks since we last talked for Star Wars. Oh yeah, and and on the what other- else? The High Republic show. The yes. High Republic show has launched. Um, episode one is out. It is a ton of fun. We'll just give you a couple of tidbits. One spoilers. So you know, don't watch it if you have not read the content yet. It, it is, is very much for once you have read the content. Well, the whole thing about it is it's it's being acted out like comic books in the sense of like, hey, here's the monthly dump of content for January. We're going to be talking about it, what has come out. Yeah. If you have not read it, we're going to talk about it. Yes. So like if you're going to watch, you know, the next couple episodes, they're going to start talking about the new stuff that's coming out here in February. It's it's yes. it's an ongoing report and companion to those who yeah. are hungry to follow the story yeah. as it unfolds. It's marketing material. It's yes. just yeah, like the true. Star Wars show. It is essentially Disney's in-house marketing of here is the material. Here we have our host who is going to present the material in a fun way and get it out to wider um, audiences who maybe are not already having picked up the high Republic. But I think it's really exciting because it shows their commitment to this new era. Yep. Absolutely. Um, And they didn't do this for like the journey to stories or anything like this. This is really just trying to make you go like, Hey guys. Yeah. There's, there's no new movies. There's no new TV shows Mm -hmm. until the end of the year. This is star Wars. This is the most important thing happening in star Wars right now. And I absolutely love that. That's exactly what I think we all wanted this to be. Uh, And now that we've read a couple of pieces on it, I'm even more sold than I was before. Uh, I think this era has huge potential. Mm -hmm. I am in, 
incredibly excited to learn more about the Jedi of the era and the Nile. And uh, as I learned from watching the High Republic show, Marky and Roe, it's not Martian. You know, it's not a C-H ah. like a ch. It's a, like a K sound. Markian. Interesting. I don't yeah. know. I'm listening to the audiobook and I'm like, I think they might have pronounced it a little different than that. But I, I'm trying Interesting. to Interesting. So we have uh, competing because this is from Charles Soule, the author, saying it out loud. So the author intended it to pr- be pronounced Markian. I get to pull my favorite line from Harrison Ford. You can write this stuff, but you can't say um, it. <laughs> well, I am one of those minds of if someone tells me it's something, I will go with that. Let I me, will not argue with it. Here's but my Martian, I think, is better. Uh, it might be. It might be. I don't remember. I, yeah. I probably, uh, ironically, I think I've looked at that word more than I hear it because it's only been mentioned like twice in the yeah. chapter where the Nihil are introduced. You'll get more. Um, the, the So... <laughs> um, it's just really exciting, and it dovetails with some other exciting Star Wars news we had, which was the announcement of Lucasfilm Games, which is the in-house licensing company that's only job is to coordinate video game and interactive arts mm-hmm, projects, mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of great. Uh, if you're not familiar, this is what LucasArts originally was founded as by George back in the 80s, which is it's a company that's only job is to make interactive art and video game products for the Lucasfilm properties. And they excitedly announced one brand new game, which was the Indiana Jones game. That's- they did. Now, Mac, as someone who follows the video game industry, can you tell me, because I was a little foggy on this. Oh. Is this going to be an only Xbox game? Can I only play this if I have an Xbox? So, okay, so that's a misnomer. We don't know. There's a very small possibility that, like Spider-Man, how it's exclusive to Sony, mm-hmm. even though Marvel doesn't seem like a company that wants an exclusive. Yeah. The reason that is all happening is the company, which oh, I'm going to forget their name. Ah, it's right on the tip of my brain. Well, they're owned by um, the same parent company as id Software, which is Bethesda. Yeah. And Bethesda is clearing all the regulatory, and it looks like it will be owned by Microsoft in the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. Which, if it's owned by Microsoft, yeah. could they force it to be an exclusive game? And I'm like, there's a small chance, but if you've been watching Xbox and Microsoft's plan, they're in an ecosystem play. If you play it on your phone or on a dedicated Xbox console, or on a PC, they don't care. They are, they want, I guess the best thing is, if you own an Xbox console, this is the best place in your living room to play games. That's the whole goal of Microsoft. But what if you're in your office on a PC? It's the same great experience there too. And eventually, what if I'm just on my phone? You will have Project xCloud, somehow, eventually will make a web client so iPhone people can use it. Um, But they want everyone everywhere. So they've already shown that some of the studios, like for the instance, the outer worlds mm-hmm. came out, mm-hmm. which is owned whole cloth by them, which is a city and software. So it's, I don't think it's likely this Indiana Jones. Okay. Be so I don't have to panic. Let's put it this way. I would panic, expect I mean by the Xbox. most you will see is, Hey, get the best pre-order bonuses or get the best exclusive content or ray tracing only on the power of Xbox or gotcha, stuff like that. Gotcha, I gotcha. don't think you'll see it being frozen out. Well, you have one. So luckily, if, yeah, this beca- if this becomes an issue and I can't get, I guess, what would I buy? The Series S? Who knows? Series their name, S or their, X, their yeah. names make no sense. So I would buy the, the discless uh, yeah. one. They're not as clean as five. Um, yeah. Uh, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> 
Apple's naming conventions make them look bad, and that's saying something because oh, Apple has know. the worst naming the, conventions. The tennis and the tenor. Anyway, the point of the matter is, yeah. tech's getting like car company bad with naming conventions yeah. for their vehicles. Yeah. Well, just um, remember the third one was called the Xbox One. So we'll also remember yeah. that the iPhone Four was, in theory, only the third. So well, you know, you're the two G, the three G. The point well, of the matter is, yeah. let's put it this way: <laughs> you know what's great about Sony? What? One, yes, two, three, yes. four, and yes. This There's fifth a reason I've owned four of is those. The fifth one, <laughs> and eventually we'll own a fifth yeah. one. Yes. yes. Um, so and that's really no exciting. Xboxes. The company that's making yeah. it is the company behind the current reboot of Wolfenstein, the new trilogy of Wolfenstein games. You know, I got the first one of those and played it, and it was a ton of fun. So people who know all about the 1940s and killing Nazis, which Indiana Jones should feature heavily, especially in saying one of the things they announced yeah. is you'll be fighting Nazis yeah. because it is. 1938 mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. they said is when the game set. So very same basically ballpark as like Raiders. Oh, so it's going to be pre Last Crusade. Yes. Cuz Last Crusade's oh. taking place in oh, off the 40, top of my head, I don't 39 40? Yeah. Uh and then it's 36 is when Temple of Doom takes place. Yeah. And then the 50s for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um so it's kind of exciting that they're going to go back to basics. They've only released a teaser trailer. Yeah. It just sort of shows they get the tone. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, you're just hovering over artifacts of Indy's different adventures. Uh, so it's very exciting. But the other exciting thing that was announced when Lucasfilm, because it was kind of surprising, they just, they're like, hey, we filmed a Norvision. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a press release. And here's all these important announcements. <laughs> oh, uh, EA will continue to make Star Wars games, mm-hmm. but they are no longer going to be exclusive to that. So while all but confirmed Fallen Order 2 will be coming sometime in the future. And there's a lot of rumors that they're working on a role playing game in the vein of Night's Old Republic games, mm-hmm. which are heavily revered. And there's been some new rumors splicing that 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 might actually be more like the Knights of the High Republic. We'll we'll see. It seems oh. Good. Also, just a quick add to that, yeah. Knights of the Old Republic 2 is now available on mobile, iOS, oh, and Android right. uh, since the last time we spoke. So the first one's been available for a while. If you're in the mood to play uh, KOTOR 2, it's also available now. It's an amazing story. It, it's a little slow-paced compared to a lot of stuff today. It is an RPG. Don't expect, like, you know, super action-y gameplay. It's not Fallen Order. Mm-mm. But the story in both of those games is really, really good. And I think in two, they told it even better than they did in one, which is saying something Uh, developed by Obsidian, which now Microsoft does. Um, (laughs) And the other thing about it was we already got the announcement. Well, for lack of a better term, pre-announcement that Ubisoft's one division that made the division and division two, um, those online, um, you know, squad-based uh, multiplayer games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are developing an open-world uh, Star Wars game. Uh, we don't know if that's going to be online like The Division or offline like Far Cry or their, I don't know, Assassin's Creed or or Watch Dogs. Ubisoft makes a lot of, or it could be for kids, and it's the Phoenix Immortals, Phoenix Rising. They make a lot of open-world games. I'd play any of those. It could be spaced like Starlink. Ubisoft makes a lot of open world games. I play any of them. Uh, but I'm just excited that, yes, so we are seeing that already, let's just put it this way. Like right now in the rumor mill, there are more Star Wars games expected in the next like two years <laughs> than were fully produced during the EA exclusivity era. So if you're a Star Wars gamer. It's only a matter of time. Oh, it's it's going to be good. Some would even say we've never been closer. We are the closest we have ever been to great Star Wars content. 
and we got the the book of boba fett we've got the mandalorian with another Mm -hmm. season by the end of the year we've got more high republic basically all year as we go through this one we've got new movies coming we've got a celebration to go to the future for star wars looks really bright we said that at the end of 2020 like 2021's where like star wars like Mm -hmm. kicks up into a more sustainable long-term multifaceted property and already happening what better year than the 50th anniversary of lucasfilm whoa Uh uh-huh that's one half of a century in 11 movies a couple of tv shows and cartoons Wow. whole bunch of plastic lots of plastic yeah (laughs) and there's more plastic coming have you seen the 50th anniversary black series figures oh no i have not so so far there are a couple they are uh doing a, a, a exclusive line you know packaging that are essentially uh, six-inch versions of uh, original figures. So you okay. have a Greedo, where he's like all the, the green outfit, you know, from yeah. the original figure. You've got the Obi-Wan, who's got his, like, like a plastic cape oh, in that full so brownish stupid. orange outfit. Wait, and they're six-inch? And these... they're six-inch oh, with, like, gosh. the full card backs and the <laughs> Lucasfilm 50 logo. That's and you've funny. got a Jawa, not with a vinyl cape, but with a cloth cape. Okay, well, the vinyl cloth. I mean... Uh-huh. And then you've got four on the episode one Phantom Menace card back with the 50th anniversary logo. Oh, okay. So you've got reissues of Gwygon, uh, Mace. You've got a single pack of Jar Jar because he was only released in a deluxe version so far. Okay. And a fourth one. Is it a battle droid? I think it's a battle droid. Nice. Off the top, I don't have them written down, so I'm going off the top of the dome here. We spent a lot of time waiting for the Ohms and B1s to be made. Yes, so uh, I have ordered the gambit of the um, <laughs> the uh, uh, Jawa, Greedo, and Obi Wan. Okay, um, I have not because they're Amazon exclusive. I have not yet ordered the Episode One figures because they're Best Buy exclusive, oh. and I think I'm only going to buy the Mace because I don't actually have the Mace, the original one. Okay, um, it was hard to get for whatever reason, and they're expensive now. So I think I'm going to order one of the Maces and maybe one of the Gwygons just to have on a card back. This is a year where I spend less money on Star Wars so I can save for Celebration. Well, you'll spend a lot of money on Star Wars. Uh, Yeah. So I'm hoping to kind of scale back this year a little bit on some Star Wars. But boy, when I saw that 50th anniversary Obi-Wan. That's pretty good. Let me tell you. Oh, uh, and just wait. Wait for new Mandalorian figures that will eventually come. My grief grief Karga came in today. My six-inch grief Karga. Uh, along it came in the same box as my copy of into the dark it was a nice day that's a good star wars yeah, drop he is a good figure <sighs> it's so good we we really are in a very very great era and what's what's exciting is mm-hmm. like we're gonna have content to talk about in these these post-show conversations mm-hmm. like pretty much every week because something cool is happening in star mm-hmm. wars and any day now the bad batch is coming out i can feel it in my bones and we are going to i mean what i'm most excited about it now is just how squarely it's set up in another era of star wars we've barely touched like the tarkin book's the only one i know of that's like directly we're literally gonna see like a presumably post order 66 content we're we're gonna see more than the day after order 66 which is all the further we've got in canon so far uh i can't wait i can't wait i'm hoping that the bad batch show will take us to that scene from the end of clone wars I'm hoping we'll see that build out a little bit. It depends. I think the one thing I think about with the Bad Batch, and like I said, what's kind of exciting, we don't know. No, we have no um, idea. Is 
I don't see those guys going very far because they seem like they're going to be really bad Imperial troopers. Yeah, it'll be interesting to um, see what happens. And did I see are those are all getting six inches, aren't they? They are. The only one I think we haven't seen like officially confirmed as Wrecker, but places have reported that like he's coming. Well, too, yeah, because so, yeah. I think I saw the one for Crosshairs mm-hmm. and uh, Hunt is what Crosshairs, Crosshairs and Hunter, Hunter, and then Tech just got announced. Tech just got announced. Tech just got announced at the same Lucasfilm. They they announced a bunch. They announced Tech, and of course, my mind. They oh, they announced an Aura Sing. Uh, they announced. Um, my mind is completely blank. But they did announce uh, some more. Oh, an episode six Lando. So they're coming back yeah. to me in small pieces. So they announced some more. There's like three or four more. I can't remember. But still no crate, Luke. Because, you know, I don't know. He's too controversial. Look, how long did it? I mean, do we even have a Padme yet? We do. We do. Okay. We have an episode two Padme. We have the white spandex Padme. But let's be honest. Yeah. We finally broke the thing on episode one. Like, I, I don't collect observers like the queen like the queen from episode the iconic like like i mean sure maybe the the dress doesn't light up which i which i think it should do but like the fact that figure doesn't exist is like uh, look, look you know an episode, Crate Luke will get his time yeah. <laughs> an episode one padme is one of my most desired figures um we did though just get jar jar like literally well, we talked about so it's only a matter of time we talked that about battle droids and stuff like episode yeah. one content i think like we said once we hit that 20th anniversary people are like yeah episode one's okay <laughs> like the the world collectively went like yeah. it didn't ruin my childhood like i thought it did it's i don't like it but it's fine <laughs> right it's, yeah. so it's 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 good time to be in star wars i think I think properties like the Mandalorian stuff have, have been slowly pulling at the sutures, bringing the community together where we all can kind of say like, look, you don't have to like the sequel trilogy. You're still welcome in star Wars. <laughs> what part of it did you like? Let's just not go there. Let's just talk about what we do love. Have you been to Batu? Have you seen this millennium Falcon? If you don't like have an emotional response to it, were you ever really yeah. a fan? <laughs> you know, like, it's yeah. it's so great um it's just so wonderful it, the galaxy's bigger and brighter than it's ever been and i cannot wait to get going but alas that's all the time we have for for today so i'm mac and i'm ross and until next wednesday may the force be with you This production is not endorsed by any other property and is the sole responsibility of Mac Purvis III, Ross Greco, and those involved in its production. It is meant for entertainment purposes only. Other than content provided by this production's providers, all music, music clips, sound bites, rights are reserved, and their respective owners have not endorsed any aspect of this show. Copyright 2021.